this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful day that you created. And we create you created this time for all of us to be in your presence. And we know that when all of us are gathered here, you are here. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that there's no time or distance in the spirit. And we thank you that you're going to be with, that, with us throughout this process of Bible study. And what is going to happen is the greatest thing ever. And we thank you for wisdom upon each individual as we go through this um, exercise for each and every single one of us. And we thank you for the wisdom that will be brought forth through this. May you give each person the ability to articulate the things that you are saying and the wisdom that is about to be brought forth. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And so the Lord was talking to me about just yielding. How do we just yield in the spirit? And in the way he was talking to me, he was literally saying uh, it along the lines that it's so important that we adapt his practices, his ways, and really come to that place of understanding what he has for each and every one of us. But then he said, I want you to grab a hold of your faith and begin to operate in the things in which I have called forth. And then he said to me, I want you to look up these individuals. Joshua, David, Esther, Deborah, and one other. And, and, and Samuel. And as I began to look at these individuals, all of them had something somewhat in common. And so that's why I want to go through this exercise so that you guys can see what did they do. I'll give you, I'll start with Esther and hopefully, you know, the group that takes on Esther will have a, you know, opportunity to really see, you know, she was an individual that walked alongside of her uncle, which was her father as well. And so in that position as he's raising this young woman, he's making absolutely sure that she understands everything in regards to her culture and her belief system. And she's presented with an opportunity to save many. And in being presented with that opportunity to save many, she had to lay aside every area of fear and step into a room and to speak boldly the things that she needed to say to change the lives of many. So that's one. When you look at Oh, it was Joseph. Looking at Joseph, looking at Joseph, 
going through difficulties, and in that place where he's going through great difficulties, he has to stand against what his brothers believe in order to stand in the place to do the things that God had destined for him to do. And in this, he grabbed his faith and he moved forward. King David did the same thing as well. Grabbing a hold of his faith and clinging to what he believed in as well. And so as we begin to explore these individuals, how many people we have on the phone? And how do we divide it so I can divide it up? It can be three in a group or whatever. Uh, yes, divide them in groups. So we'll do uh, Precious and Brandon. Uh, uh, which one? <laughs> oh, Shannon's off. Okay. So Precious and Brandon, you guys are in a group. Chelsea uh, and Nikita, you guys are in a group. And Alana, Regina, and Shannon, you guys are in a group. Okay. And what you guys are to, uh, to do is to read the story and come back with what you believe to be what God means, uh, what their faith looked like. And so where are we at in our group? So you guys pick one. Which one are you guys going to pick? Esther. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, Esther. So we have Joshua, David, Esther, Deborah, Daniel. Uh huh. No, that's it. And Joseph, if you want to give Joseph a piece of. I already read all the stories, so I know what it's about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Precious and Brandon, you guys will have uh, Joshua. Um. Chelsea and Rashida, you guys will have David. I thought we were choosing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. No. oh. No, I thought we were, but no, that's fine. I'll take whatever. Um, Alana, Regina, Shannon, you guys will have Esther, and then we use Deborah. So we Why don't we take David because it's easier for David for all of us and give them an easy person. David well, David, is David easy for you guys, Rashida? Um, yeah, I guess I don't think I don't look at it as hard. I just threw out Esther. I was initially going to choose Joseph because how many times I read the story, but you can choose Joseph. Okay, you, well, who did you show? Give Joseph. You gave Joseph already, so I think. Okay, precious. you guys can you guys can take Joseph. Okay. Oh, me and Chelsea. Okay, that's fine. Uh huh. Cool. So we need to be David, Deborah, and Samuel. Yeah. And, oh, our Philly just joined. Uh, so we can put her, um, Alana and Regina. Yeah, together. Alana. Uh -huh. Put her with Alana and Regina. Um, so you know how to set them up what they're in groups? We can do that. That's what I'm doing. Okay, so what you want to do is just have them read uh, a passage of it and then be willing to share what they found. All they have to do is read. Okay. Okay. Why don't you get the last one? So 
So Arceli, you'll be in the group with um you'll be in a group with Rashida and Chelsea. Okay. Okay, so each one of us will be given twenty minutes to read and and each one of you are gonna come back with your stories on what you guys going to discuss. Uh what I'm going to do is leave the phone open. You guys can call one another if you need to and have the conversation real quick and then come back on the line within 20 minutes and we're going to discuss what each one of you guys came up with. Araceli, I, I don't have your number, I believe, unless it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed, but I totally missed the assignment. I've got kids over here talking. So That's me, okay. Call you oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll call you. Um, let me check and see. If not, because I need to get your number really quick. Just let, go ahead okay. and just give it to me just in case, Arcelli, please. I'll, yeah, I'll give her. I'll give it to you so because everything is being recorded. I'll text you. Oh, you. sorry. You're right. Got it. Okay, text it to me. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. So we're supposed anybody to get off the phone now, Pastor? Does anybody have any questions before we split up? You're looking to see how they've seized their faith and they moved out without questioning and stayed the course. Okay, this is Regina. Am I Esther? Who is Regina? Regina, you, Alana, Janet together are doing Esther. Yes, you're taking Esther. Okay. Pastor, I didn't hear the first part of what you said. You said we were to see how they moved out in faith. Yeah, you're okay, gonna you describe their upper areas, really their faith, because God literally was saying to me, uh, "I need to yield, even as they have yielded to take on the things in which I have destined for them to walk in." And so, every single one of us, looking at how these individuals yielded in their faith to do the things that God uh, required of them. And I'm sorry, what, what part of the, the story are we supposed to read? Just the very beginning? What, whatever you find. I'm, oh, got it. That's where the three of you guys come together and you come back and share. So y'all got 20 minutes. And I know we're not going to get to everybody, but that's why I said it may be a homework for some of you guys. So I know Brandon probably will end up going faster. <laughs> so we um, can come back at 840 if everybody's cool with that. Sure. Okay, so everybody has everybody number? Yes. I don't, I don't have the numbers. Shannon, you're with Regina and Alana. Um, I don't have Shannon or Regina's number, sorry. Okay, and Alana, you. you're calling? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Okay, yeah. let's go. Thank you. Okay. Go we're going to put our stuff on mute just in case somebody else joins and then we'll add I'll have to hang up and call back in. Yes, it's easier if you guys hang up and call back in. Yes, I'm here. Okay, so Precious and Brandon, you want to go first since we called you guys out first? Sure. 
You want to go, Precious? Brandon, are you on the Oh, sorry. You guys got to tell us what you're praying for. And I really want everybody to listen because this is something we're supposed to grab a hold of. Each individual has a different part of a story that God is looking for us to really grab a hold of. And become. Sorry. Okay, so Brandon and I worked in um, Joshua, and I what stood out to me in the story was it's so meaty. I'll say as far as lots of events happening there was just the story of the prostitute of Rahab, um, and how God had sent out the officials to her home. Um, and these are officials of God, of high rank stature. And at that time, to even enter into a prostitute home, I mean, even in our time, that's still frowned upon. But in that time, it was really like, that's not something you do. And to take ref, you know, refuge in her house and to trust her, you know, as they were, you know, hiding out. Um, having to trust her, you know, I was saying to Brandon, like, that really is having to take a big trust in God to look past your, your flesh of your opinion and of judgment to believe this person, um, who in that time is not someone, you know, you would really want to count on. Um, but yet, and still God was able to protect them and Rahab and her household because of it was saved. Um, and then Brandon had a really good point on something. I don't know if you want to share, Brandon. So, yeah, um, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that came back with the good report. Um, even though the other 10, because it was actually Joshua and Caleb who came back with the good report. Um, the other 10 came back with the bad report and only seen the negative. Um as our faith grows and grows, we're supposed to come up with good, the goodness of God, and see the good and bad. So Joshua saw that the land was of good land, um, milk and honey. They saw the giant fruits. Now, how often in a society of badness that's going on around you, how often do you see the good in things? And and even though we we tend to come into a society of of wickedness around us, whether we work with other people that are wicked, um, how many of us could see the goodness in it all, the love in it all, um, you know, between us and other people? How mu- how many of us can coexist mm-hmm. with and yet still see the goodness of it all, see the good work that somebody does? despite for um, what religion or what ethnicity or even what gender or or race or belief that they think in their head um, and not see them because they're not of Christ, you know, and, and just even going to ex- that extent is really hard for us to even go through rather than just seeing the goodness of the individual. That's something that I work on on a daily on a daily, so I'm not open at all, but you know, um, that's staying in the 
of your things that around you and things that you're walking through and and even with what precious said in that and even trusting in god to the point where because even rahab had to lie about the spies that were staying with her i don't know if you guys did that but they she lied to the people that were official of that city and when they came to visit Rahab because of her that they had in the place, um, she lied, says, I don't know who they are and didn't see them. So just in the goodness and all that, um, that's it. And so you guys gave us key points. And so if you was to say the two, uh, three key points that you want us to take away from what you just shared, what are the three key points? I think the first one would be one being seeing the goodness of God in your daily life in spite of what's happening around you, in spite of whatever you're going through. Um, if it's some things going on in the workplace, wherever God has you on a day to day, still taking God with you in those circumstances. That would be one key thing. I love the thought that you guys talked about, you, you know, trusting someone that may not have had the same faith at the same time. Understanding this woman became a powerful woman of faith. And really that partnership, I, I really thank you guys for bringing forth in your uh, narrative. Anything else you guys want to share? I like to share this. Learn to coexist with other people that you are that you are, that are around you, but learn to stay in your lane. <laughs> no matter what happens, you stay in the place that you're at with your faith, trusting God. No matter what it looks like. Even though people are around you doing other things, cheating on their lives, cheating on their relationships, you stay in your lane and you say, this is what I do. This is where I'm trusting God in my relationship. Despite mm -hmm. what people think, despite for what people say, despite even, I hate to say this, if God tells you to stay in a relationship but your parents are against it, this is something that you and the Lord are going through and walking through. Mm -hmm. um, I've been there, done it, and I'm like, I'm still living it. Um, despite what other people think, despite what mm -hmm. other people I'm learning to coexist with that with that environment, but staying in my lane, which is what Joshua had to do. Mm -hmm. He had to lane despite for remember, two out of the ten said a bad thing, even though the other ten and guess what the the thing about that also, I'm gonna go deeper. The people <laughs> around them believe the ten versus Joshua and Caleb. Mm -hmm. began to rebel against God. Praise God. Praise God. Next group. Rashida. You guys are the next group. Okay. Um, for me, Araceli and Chelsea. Um, I guess we're all speak, but with Joseph, I would say the way... Uh, out in faith, out of all the 
parts in his uh his story, I believe his faith was tested from the beginning because of just how the parents viewed him and put him on a pedestal in in a way to where the the brothers were jealous from the beginning. But I would say the most important part of where his faith was tested and how he moved in faith was when he was actually sold into slavery and all the things that he went through during that time. Of course, going through the stuff with uh, the, the king's wife, put into prison, and he, he just, no matter what, he never allowed somebody to make him believe in a different God besides the one and true God. Even in the midst of prison and getting all those visions from the Lord, he stood by what the Lord was showing him. And time and time again, he proved that not only to the king, but to the people that were in prison, that he moves by the Lord and he only served the Lord. So that to me showed me that he con continuously moved out in faith with that. Um, the biggest one being that he got, got the vision from uh, the Lord about the famine that was coming and how nobody else can determine a dream except for him and that the king believed him. And then he esteemed him over all of the land to prepare for the famine. So he moved out in faith with that and trusted what God told him to do in order to save the whole land, which ended up saving his brothers and his extended family as well. I don't know if Chelsea or Araceli wanted to speak. That's what I had. Um, I think that's some of the most of it. If not all of it. Um, uh, one point I would say I get from it or have gotten from it just now is that his faith, um, he stood. I guess I can't say he was himself the whole time, but the way that God created him, he, he, he stood with that and he kept, he kept that even all the way until he saw his brothers again. Um, I guess with the dream that he had and, well, the dreams, because he had more than one dream. Um, and even when he flexed them and they were looking at him like, uh, who do you think you are telling us that we're going to bow to you? Uh, he, he just seems so unfazed. I mean, I, I haven't, I guess I should read the Bible version of it, but I read uh, over and over the, the children's Bible version when I was younger. And it had all the events, I believe, but I believe I might get a better grip on the story if I read the actual Bible. But from what I got from that, it was just like, wow, watching the Lord use him over and over and over and him yielding regardless. He was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to I'm going to keep doing this. And uh, people have put me in jail over things I didn't do, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with this. And it ends up being a benefit to everyone around him in a way that I'm not even sure he understood what happened. Um, so that's all I have to say about that one. Marcelli, anything? No, not really. That's the same thing. I think there's one thing that really stands out about him. No matter what he was battling, he stood the cause. He never gave up. He believed. And if you really look at him being so yielded that he only asked the Lord for one thing was a family of his own. He never asked for anything as he was going through. Never asked to be over anything. Never asked for anything to come as a result of his faith when he could have had anything, even though everything was given to him. It wasn't about a, a him relationship. You know, even though he cried out and wanted to get out of prison, he still stayed in there. He understood his role while he was in there. He mm -hmm. understood what he was required to do. He never lost sight of his Lord. He still yielded under difficult circumstances. And he could have, you know, uh, spent time with the woman. He could have, you know, 
overturn some of the things that was there in order to get himself out. He did not focus on himself. He focused on what he was called to do. And so that means he had insight into the spirit realm and he diligently and patiently waited for the things that God had spoke forth to him in his dream to come to pass. So good, good way of looking at this one as well, you guys. So moving on to the next group. Alana, Shannon, and Regina. Yes, Shannon, would you like to go and then Regina? Um, okay. Uh, so in the group, I just talked about how when I had uh, read Esther, um, I noticed that it was kind of unusual because when she had her moment to go before the king, um, she brought only what was recommended to her by, oh gosh, um, I can't remember the, the person's name, but what made it unusual is that um, everyone else, like these women were all given the option to bring like anything that they wanted. Um, and for a young woman to just come as herself, like, I thought that was a huge step of faith. Like you could, you could bring anything like extremely fancy or extravagant, but she just came as her, um, and with what she believed. Okay. So. Is that Hello. it? What else you got? So there's a lot in that one. Yes. Uh, well, we were discussing how um, she had to have faith when Mordecai called her out in the, in, and had told her the plans that Haman had, that she had to really have faith. Uh, Mordecai had to have faith in her that she was going to do what she said she was going to do. And then she had to have faith in Mordecai to get the word out for everybody to fast and pray for her. Because going just going before the king, un, um, you know, I guess unannounced, uh, he didn't send for her. He could have had her killed. So she was brave in that manner. But then she also trusted, at, uh, trusted in her cousin that he would do what he said he would do. Everybody had to trust in in each other. And then she had, and I think she had favor with the king, because she was smart enough to ask the the eunuch. Well, what does he like? What fragrance does he like? What does and then she started doing these things, and I believe that she captured his heart and she had favor with him. He really, he really did like her. So when she went before him, she was able to accomplish what was needed. Alana. Okay, so. An agreement for what was said that uh, someone who was an orphan ended up being raised by an older cousin, being ripped away from the cousin to go to submit to a king in a foreign land. She held on by faith to what her older cousin had taught her. He tried to send secret messages and check in on her while she was in the care of the, the king's palace. But in all things, she was. She listened to him. She was obedient to him. She was humble before her older cousin, who would have been like a parent 
to her. She listened to him and followed his advice. And she knew enough to ask that all of the people fast and pray when he asked her to plead for her people. She listened when he told her to keep the fact that she was Jewish a secret. Um, she had wisdom um, from, I guess, from the Lord to navigate the palace rules, to ask, you know, to go before the king, uh, uninvited, so to speak, ask for time with him for a banquet, time for another banquet, while all of her people had been asked to fast and pray for three days and three nights, while she and her um, maids also did the same. Uh, and in all these, all of these things, I'm thinking she's just a young person. Um, it may have been very intimidating, everything that happened, and it happened quickly. Um, she she would have been in fear for her life if she wasn't just blindly trusting my faith that, you know, Mordecai would not lead her astray. And her belief became a reflection maybe even of what Mordecai taught her. She held on to it and her belief in God ended up with the success in the end of saving all her people and having her accuser um, uh, killed instead of her cousin Mordecai, who had originally refused to bend down uh, to uh, the king's advisor. And so there are even like little bits of sort of indirect references when you think of uh, who refused to bow down to other kings or to representatives of other kings and so on. You know, it's, it's been echoed in a few other books. Um, under threat of death and being brave and just trusting in the Lord is just a, a reoccurring theme. And we see how much God loves his people because he brought them through uh, unscathed. Oh, that's it. So I know we didn't get to hear. Hopefully, what what you were saying was recorded because my phone died on me. So, you know, uh, I praise God if you guys can just say uh, three things that really, you know, something that we should uh, grab a hold of. What would be three things you can say? Hey, you guys should grab a hold of this. Obedience, faith, trust. Okay. Okay, next one. David, and what stood out to me is that even as a, a, a young child, he, he um, knew that God was with was with him always, you know. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he wasn't afraid. He knew that he, right before he killed the. Um, I'm getting all confused. But right before he killed Goliath, he was. He would tell him, "Hey, God's taking care of me when I was out there in the field, taking care of my sheep. He killed. He he protected me from the lions, from the bears, and I know He's gonna protect me here. So he had the faith and he believed that God was gonna take care of him and he was gonna be able to kill the lion." And so he knew who he was. He didn't have to um, think about it or anything like that because he already knew that he was a child of God and God was going to take care of him. And he just trusted him. I was telling him, just like a little kid trust their parents, that's how he did. He trusted God that nothing could happen to him because God 
was going to take care of him and he was not going to let anything happen to him. That's what the most thing that I saw, where his faith was. And we, um, one of the other parts we focused on was David taking down Goliath. And one of the things that the Lord was pointing out to me um, in terms of a point to share is how he pushed past the opinions of men. He was coming into a territory where, one, he was not a part of the army. <laughs> uh, you know, before they went out there, he was not a part of the army. Um, and so yet he's coming into this territory where the army is fighting. And the opinions, you know, that his brothers have against him, like, what are you doing here? You don't belong. You know, the, the, the king is thinking that he's just a boy. He's not going to be able to do it. You know, then you got the Philistine, too, Goliath, having his opinion. So David had opinions on all different multiple levels um, about what he could do and what the Lord could do through him. And yet he pushed past every single opinion that came to him, and he charged against the enemy head-on, face-to-face, because of the fact that he trusted in the Lord who was with him at that time. And so when the Lord was, um, when we were reading the scripture, the Lord was pointing out his faith in, in terms of how his faith was in the Lord, and it did not waver when the opinions of men uh, questioned his faith. Um, David recognized his ability in slaying Goliath because he was prepared. He was pre-prepared through his uh, exposure to the beast. Uh, while he was tending the sheep. And Father God only knows what's destined for us before we we, uh, experience it and encounter that moment or that segment of our life. Um, And David held on to his faith of that preparedness that he was virtually uh, blessed and and protected by the Lord and that he was predestined to be triumphant over over Goliath. And he knew that um, his faith was was unyielding and uh, and he walked he walked on faith. He he presented himself to Saul in a manner of not as a kid, um, not as a soldier, but as a man of faith and uh, a child of God. Uh, and I, I look at I look at my life and I say, you know, it's only by God's grace and mercy that I prevail in things that I do. So, but back to the 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 assignment that David was already prepared prior to his his battle with Goliath, and he was he just had to believe in his faith, and he had that he would be trying to. That's what.
so many good stories, you guys. And so as I was reading these stories, the Holy Spirit was literally making sure that I understood that each one of them represented something that was great in my life. They were example of how he expected me to operate. And so as I share out these stories with you, we didn't go for uh, Deborah, but uh, definitely take the opportunity to read Deborah and uh, be prepared to share out uh, Deborah when we come back. But I really want you guys to take an in-depth look into her life and really come from the spiritual realm of what it looked like also looking at her from the natural realm, what does she have that we don't have and how we can gain insight from all of these individuals because he literally pointed out these individuals because each one of them represented something different and it was something he's saying, grab a hold of this in her, grab a hold of that, grab a hold of this. He wanted me to see their face and as I began to look upon their face, he says, I want you to meditate on each and every one of them because each one of them brings forth something I need you to operate in. And so as I heard you guys share out uh, Joshua, you know, he he's the only one that stood against, you know, when everybody was saying, no, this place is horrible, this place is horrible, he stood. He was willing to go and spy out the land. He trusted in somebody that he didn't even know and he was able to accomplish a, a task. Not only that, but God remembered and literally allowed him to lead the entire uh, uh, group of people into the promised land as a result of his faith. He believed. And if, when you begin to come back and he's saying this land is flowing with milk and honey, you have to understand he's seeing into the spirit realm. He's seeing things that these other group of people didn't see. All they seen was giants in the land, and in return, he was able to see the good of the land, but he was able to see it in the spirit realm and be able to give an excellent report of what transpired. Then when I look at David, this little kid comes out of nowhere, just shows forth his face, and he's literally saying, wait a minute, I know I am protected by my Lord, and that my Lord will fight for me, and so, therefore, I stand against anything that stands against me. And that's where the Lord was literally telling me, I, I need you to take the stand because I'm going to be with you throughout every journey. And I will assure that you are victorious in your flight. And so he said, meditate on that. Then he took me to the next person and he walked me to each and every one of them. And as he was sharing out Esther, you know, he said, you know, she had to have enough faith, not for her, but for everybody to save their lives, to go against what was uh, a custom. And then he made sure, he said the first wife refused to show up, and now the second wife is coming in, and she's showing up, and she wasn't called to show up. Just imagine how they seen that. that both, in both situations, they were disrespectful. And he, she went against the odds to stand up and to become someone that influenced a nation, okay, that influenced a nation. And she also brought forth strategy 
in the spirit realm because you can see her strategizing in the spirit realm because he says, I want you to look at her as one who strategizes with me. And so it's so important that you take on this particular aspect of her because I want the part where she strategized to be you. Then he took me to, uh, you know, uh, truly family and looking at uh, Joseph when it came to family, being able to leave but be able to stand despite what your family literally says about you, how you're viewed, how you're looked upon, being able to stand and overcome. That means that uh, Joseph seemed far beyond where he was standing within his family line. He was able to see the famine and all the things that was coming forth before it even came forth, and he was able to overcome. And no matter what was presented in his face, in his place, I love how you know uh, Brandon always reminds not to be. Uh, one who falls short in these particular areas, but to stand strong against the things that are standing strong against you and being able to be victorious, you know, uh, to be enticed by flesh and say, oh, my God, so the woman had to be beautiful, but to be enticed by her and then literally, you know, got to this place that you said, no, it doesn't matter. This is not something I want you know, because I have a bigger plan and purpose, and that bigger plan and purpose lands you in jail, but yet you still have the faith, and you're helping everyone that's connected in that jailhouse to believe in the multi-guys that God that you believe in. And so he was literally saying, when things are difficult, not to run from them, run to them. And that's what uh, Joseph represents, running to these particular things and standing no matter what. And not being in that place where you're constantly saying, Lord, give me out of here, you don't do that, but really understanding your flight. So as he began to show me all of these, he's literally saying to me, Lord, I want you guys to become them. And I want each of you to become them. And so what speaks to you about them? I want you to begin to cultivate that on the inside of you and bring yourself to that next level. This is what the Spirit of the Lord said to me today. I share this with you. So Deborah is our homework. It's a short story, but it's mighty and powerful. Come back ready and prepared to share. Brandon, can you close us out? Yes, I will. And I did want to add one more thing, if you don't mind me adding. Um, something that was in common, I realized with every single one stories, and I'm going to pray this into every single one of you, is to not um, agree with a defeatful spirit. They stood in a place and keeping their mind in a defeatful spirit. Like basically agreeing with a defeatful spirit, meaning, oh my God, things won't get better. When, you know, we tend to say these things about the things that we go through. Um, but yet, how often do we say the good things like God's going to provide for me despite for whatever goes on? 
Um, and all it takes is just one individual to do this. And, and as we go through and stand, I pray, Lord, that every single person walks in the spirit of victory and faith in that victory that we stand for. We know that Christ moved into our heart and we know that he lives and has his being inside of us and we stand victorious in every circumstance that we go through. And it ain't over till you say it's over. We thank you, Lord, for the victory that we have in Christ and the victories that are about to come and the wisdoms that are about to come through in each and every individual from this place, from now and forward. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy as it is teaching us right now how to live godly in this earth realm. And we thank you, Father, for everything you've done to every single individual on this call with the wisdom that was brought forth. And we thank you, Lord, for this wisdom. Because in everything we do, we give thanks to and and give you the glory for the things that you've done today in this Bible study. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And we'll give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. Hold on. just told me that Deborah's in Judges 4 and 5, in case you guys don't know. Judges 4 and 5. For Deborah? Yes. Thank you, Josie. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this. Thank you.